Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and today I'm joined by a man who loves the movie Happy Gilmore, Ben O'Brien. How are you doing today? Trevor, I'm great. Trevor, have you seen Happy Gilmore recently? Is this what, what, what prompted this intro? Well, we were talking about it last night. You're, we were talking about Happy Gilmore, or you mentioned like you should yeah, watch Happy Gilmore. because you were watching some other dumb movie. Because you were oh, watching no, some other dumb great, movie. I forgot, great, I forgot what you said. I was watching Norbit. It's a great movie. It's hilarious. Okay, um, I'm, Trevor, I'm going to be honest. Trust Tree, I've, I've never seen Norbit. I don't I, even know what it's about. I, I highly, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's very. Is that funny. the one with like Eddie Murphy? Is yeah, it Eddie Murphy. It's, it's Eddie Murphy. It's, it's just funny. Just, just trust, <laughs> trust. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, it, you should watch it's it. It's probably no Happy Gilmore. It's got to be. It's no Happy Gilmore. I mean, Happy Gilmore is a high you. bar to, to, to reach. You know, Happy Gilmore is. It is. It's one of the best. It's one of the best comedy movies of all time. So it's. It is. It is tough we, to beat. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen Norwich, but. Maybe someday I'll watch it. I'll add it to the list of like 10 movies that you really want me to watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like we just keep adding to the list. Like we, we said, hey, Ben, you got to watch The Town. You got to watch Warrior. Now Norbit's on the list. I mean, it's just going to continue well, to pile I, up. And I've promised to watch all those movies and I still haven't watched them. So eventually, Trevor, I will watch The Town. Eventually. Sounds good. I don't know. I can't, I can't give you a date. This is like when we tried to get Brandon to watch Fast and Furious for like four years. Yeah. And he's like, I'll watch it. And then he ended up, I'll give him credit, he ended up watching it like three years after we started asking him to watch it. So give me a couple years and I'll, I'll have the town down. Awesome. Sounds good. I look forward to uh, hearing about how you liked it in the year 2025. Yeah. That'll, be, that'll be pretty cool. Exactly. Um, Perfect. Book it. Put it, put it on, the, on the schedule for the podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, today we have another good podcast. Brandon is not here. Um, you know, he just he's didn't show up for work. He didn't show up for work today, Ben. What, yeah. do, what do you think about that? It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, again, this dude, he, he throws stones while he lives in a glass house. This dude's always getting on me about Slack and never being on the podcast. And, and let's not forget that Brandon, Brandon goes through spurts. I mean, there was a time, Trevor, maybe a year ago, where I felt like Brandon wasn't on the podcast for like four years. So um, <laughs> let's, 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 let's all, I want, I want to make sure that everyone is aware that, that Brandon is just as much a slacker, if not more than I am. The only, really the only consistent one is you, Trevor. So props to you brandon is is just as bad as i am with missing miss, missing these podcasts but i'm not going to complain because as we've stated many times these are by far the best episodes when we don't have to worry about him being here so um i'm excited that might be true i, I i've heard i've heard that that is true from a not couple might. people it is i've heard that from a couple people um but yeah we have a good I podcast think there's millions today. Of people out there that are that are so happy he's not here yeah absolutely so we so we have some good stuff to talk about. Obviously, it's kind of, you know, again, like July, August, it's kind of like the dead period in sports. You know, we got baseball going on and stuff, yeah. and there's there's occasional news, but um, for the most part, we don't have a ton, um, but we are going to talk about a couple things that did happen. There was a big contract that was signed. Uh, obviously, the Women's World Cup is going on, so we're going to, you know, touch on that a little bit. And then we got another NFL division preview. Uh, to wrap it up. So should be a good one. Today, we're going to start off with Jalen Brown. Um, him and the Celtics agreed to a record five-year, $303.7 million Supermax extension. So obviously, that's a very large dollar amount. Um, a lot of people were very surprised by this. I think the people that cover the league that kind of um, know the way the cap's going, know that it continues to increase, 
I, I don't think it was very surprising um, to the people that are, you know, reporting about this, writing about this every day. Um, but for a lot of people, I think this was pretty shocking, Ben. I mean, wh what did you kind of think when you just when you just see that number five years, three hundred three point seven million for a guy in Jalen Brown, who is a really good player. He's an all star. He's been on an all star team many times. He he's plays for a really good team in the Celtics. They're competing, but he's not the best player on his team. He's not one of the five best players, even one of the 10 best players in the NBA. So when, when you saw this number, what did you kind of think about this? So that was my thought, Trevor, is this is a massive, I mean, $300 million is an insane amount of money. And it's, I mean, again, like the terms, I think there's one year, Trevor, where he's going to be making like $60 million or more than that. Um, just an insane amount of money. So my first thought, pro or my first thought when I heard this was like, I could not tell you the last time that I remember a player getting a record-breaking contract in the NBA where he's not the best player on his team. Like, that's crazy to me. And I, I really do think it just shows the the um, the market in the NBA, like how much money is being thrown around, not even just in the NBA, but in all these sports right now, how much money is being thrown around is absolutely insane. It's ridiculous. Um, but, it, it, I mean, obviously it's great for these players because you're a guy like Jalen Brown, like you said, not the best player on his team, probably not a top-ten player in the NBA, that now has the largest contract in NBA history that will probably be broken the way things are going in like the next like four days. Someone else will sign a massive contract because that's the way it's going with the NFL too, where it's like the next contract will be the biggest one. It's just, we're just going to keep doing that, um, which is what these players want and what their agents are, are advising is that we're going to wait until so-and-so signs so we can one-up them. So I get it. Again, I'm happy for Jalen Brown. He's a good player. Is he the best player ever? No, but the fact that you can be the second best player in your team and make $300 million in, in a contract is awesome. It's insane. And I, I'm sure the NBA front offices aren't thrilled about it because of the money that's being thrown around. But NBA, soft cap, you can do stuff like this, especially when you only have so many guys on an NBA team as opposed to an NFL team you got to pay. You can do stuff like this. So shout out to Jalen Brown. Good for him. Celtics fans seem to be, again, I'm not a Celtics fan, but they seem like they're pretty happy with it. I think a lot of people really like Jalen Brown. A lot of Celtics fans really are happy to see him um, on the Celtics for the next six years or whatever it is. So so good good for them. I don't know when Jason Tatum gets a new contract, but whenever he gets a new contract, I would imagine it's going to be massive as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that's what I was kind of thinking about because like this contract, I, I was almost surprised by the fact that it took so long to, to actually get done. I think I expected it to get done earlier, like in the first week of July, and it took a lot yeah. longer than I think some people expected. So I guess that, you know, causes me to wonder where did the Celtics have some hesitations? Was there more negotiations to this to try to make it so it wasn't the full Supermax? I'm not really sure what why it took so long, but uh, just in my opinion, I think when you're a team that is so close to winning a championship, like the Celtics have been the past few years, I mean, they made the conference finals this year. They were in the finals last year and, you know, we're very close to winning last year. If it weren't for Steph Curry's incredible game four, the Celtics could have been champions. So to kind of, I mean, let, let Jalen Brown walk when he's the second best player on a, a championship contender. It, it kind of brings me back to a question I ask a lot, and that's like, what's the alternative? What do you, if, if you let Jalen Brown go, yeah. who are you going to get? Because you, you have Jason Tatum in his prime. You want to try to, you know, make the team, you want to maximize how good the team is going to be for the next, you know, three to five years, six years, whatever it is, that you have this window uh, what, how are you going to improve the team um, to still make it a contender if you let Jalen Brown go? And I, I really don't know. So 
I think you kind of have to do this if you're the Celtics. I would have done it um, just because I, I don't really know what other route they could have gone. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, just looking at, I was looking at free agents next year. Um, like Anthony Davis is a free agent next year. Um, oh. Kawhi Leonard's a free agent next year. Well, he has a player option, so he might just take the player option. Um, but he's going to be a free agent, it looks like. Pascal Siakam's supposed to be a free agent. So those are just a few of the biggest ones. Paul George, also a player option. LeBron's going to be a free agent um, next year. Um, obviously, he's 38. But, like, you know, the, yeah. these are some of the biggest free agents we have that, you know, you could also see them having uh, big deals. I think Giannis is a free agent in two years, I want to say. So, I mean, Giannis, I think almost certainly will get a bigger deal than what Jalen Brown just got when he is a free agent. Yeah, in two I mean years. he'll get a record breaking contact for Yeah. He'll get he'll break the record. Whatever the record is at that point, he'll he'll break it for sure. Yep. So that's the thing. Like even if it's even if this isn't broken next season, um, I think the year after it definitely will be. So um, you know, I, I think just if you're listening to this, that's kind of what you gotta expect. As long as the NBA continues making more money, um, we're gonna see these player contracts go up. Um, but that's kind of all I have. Any, anything else about uh, the Jalen Brown contract, man? Just real quick, because I'm looking at this this article about his contract, and I think it just shows how much money these NBA players are making. Like, and I forgot, Chris S. Porzingis is on the Celtics. He's making $30 million a year. And yeah. I get it. At one point, he was an all-star, like, six years ago. But the fact that Porzingis is making $30 million a year is insane to me. Like, it just shows how much yeah. money these NBA players are making. Um, and again, it just shows like, especially in the NBA, like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure our, they're fully guaranteed in the NBA, right? Trevor, like, like Jalen Brown's getting $300 million. Aren't um, they fully guaranteed in the NBA? I'm pretty sure they I are. I believe or are they not? so. Um, I believe so. Yes. I think they are. Cause I think like in the NFL that they always argue that all the other sports, they're all like baseball. It's guaranteed. NBA, it's guaranteed. NFL, it's not. Um, so I, it just, again, it just shows yes. like Porzingis is not that great of a player. I, I mean, he's not the worst player on the team, but he's, I mean, he's the definition of a role player at this point in his career. He's yeah. making $30 million a year. It's insane. I, I mean, 10 years ago, I would have felt like $30 million a year was like elite, like elite status. And the fact now that we're in the year 2023 and $30 million a year, it's like, oh, that's nothing. That's half of what Jalen Brown's making. Like, that's insane to me. Yeah. Well, in, uh, like in 2010, when LeBron signed with the Heat and Bosch, Wade, and LeBron all played, they were all making like $18 million a year. Like, that was like the, yeah, the max. Insane. That was like what the best players made was like 18 to 20. And that was in 2011. That was like 12 years ago. So it's, it's wild how much it's increased over a short amount of time. It's, it's definitely insane. Um, Next up, we could talk a little bit about the women's world cup. Uh, The U S women's national team, they are still leading their group. They have four points. They had the win against Vietnam, but they did, uh, they did draw against the Netherlands, which I think by the standard that is set, you know, from the U S women's national team, having won the last two world cups, you don't want to draw anyone. You want to win every game. So drawing against the Netherlands, I think was a little bit of a disappointing result. Um, again, they still lead the group. They have one more game in the group stage against Portugal on Tuesday. Um, and it does seem like as long as they tie, yeah, as long as they tie, they're they're through. But I think you definitely want to win that game just to get some positive momentum forward, um, and make sure that you can, uh, you know, remain first in their group. Right now, they're b- both them and the Netherlands have four points, but their goal difference is higher than Netherlands. They have a goal difference of three. Netherlands is only one. So as long as you know they finish first in the group, 
that's kind of what you want for the U.S. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's tricky. I think they're, you know, it's it's a little bit disappointing. I think we gotta wait and see. I don't think we should panic or anything um, because they could easily get a a really good. I mean, they could go and beat Portugal like four nothing, and then we'll be like, oh, the U.S. is fine. They're they're great. I could totally see that happening. So we'll just have to see. Wait wait for Tuesday's game, and if Tuesday's game is another like disappointing game then i think we could start to worry maybe a little bit um but yeah i mean ben do you have anything to say on on the u.s women's national team performance so far i think we're in no position to panic at this point it's it's two games it's kind of crazy like the women's team they tie a game and it's like what is going on the men's team the men's u.s team ties a game it's like oh thank god they didn't lose um but again i mean that's 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 the territory with being the with being the favorites in this thing I, i'll say this like I don't even care. Like, okay, so it's, I mean, you have a group, uh, four teams in your group. The top two teams make the the Sweet Sixteen, the, the knockout round, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am not concerned at all because I mean, the, the odds are they're gonna they're gonna make it out of their group. I'm not worried about that. And then because I mean, they're the most talented team on paper. I don't even care who. Like, I don't care what kind of draw they get in the in the knockout round because if they play their the best that they can play, they they can beat anyone. It's yeah. seriously like it's like. It's almost like the Chiefs. Like when the Chiefs are playing to the best of their ability, nobody's beating them. So it's it's like the way you look at it when you're a favorite like that. At least in my experience, like playing sports is if if you know you're better than the other team, it's like we just can't beat ourselves. And I think that's what the like the U.S. just can't beat themselves. If they beat themselves, that's how they lose. But they're better than every team they're going to play, and they're more. The least I should say is they're more talented than every team they play. Um, They might not be better on that day, but but if they play to the best of their ability, nobody's beating them. So that's why I'm not worried about them. Because really, the only people that can beat them are themselves. Um, so yeah, I mean, they tie one game against a team that was in the final with them four years ago. It's not like this is a that was a bad showing by the U.S. at all. Should they have won, probably. But I mean, again, I don't think it's going to matter as long as they can get out of their group, which is very likely that they will. I don't care what kind of draw they get because they can beat anyone. They can beat any team in the world. Um, doesn't mean they will. Doesn't mean they will. It, it, I think people assume that it's so easy for them to win the World Cup because they've won the last whatever it is two in a row. But it's really hard, even for a team as talented as like the U.S. women team that have more resources than any other team in the world. It still is really hard to win a World Cup, and it's really hard because there's a lot of other really good teams and really good countries that have really good development with their women's teams. So it's not a walk in the park. I'm not promising that they're going to win the World Cup, but I I will say that they're the most talented team, and really the only team that can beat themselves is or beat them is themselves. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, some of the other teams that are in, you know, contenders here. I mean, Spain has been doing very well. Spain has won both their games. They have a goal difference of eight. So they'll be in the mix. They'll be in contention there for teams that are trying to knock off the U.S. Uh, England also six points, um, goal difference of two. They've been doing very well in their group. Uh, you look at Colombia, they have six points. They've been pretty solid. Um, let's see one other team that I can mention, um, Sweden, Sweden's been doing well as well, you know, also six points. So just some teams to kind of keep in the mix here, France, even France, you could look at, they have four points, but France is always pretty solid. So some teams to keep an eye out for, uh, competing against the U S but they're still, you know, wait, let's wait and see. Let's, let's see how they do in the game on Tuesday against Portugal. Um, hopefully they come out with a strong result. Um, but I think that's pretty much it there. Um, let's see anything else. I mean, Ben, we had in the NFL, I think Brandon wanted to talk about this. I don't really have a ton to say on it. Um, there's been a lot of stuff with like the running backs and their contracts in the NFL. 
Um, you know, some of them obviously wanting to get paid more, but obviously now in today's NFL, the running back position isn't nearly as important as it was 10, 20 years ago. So I guess, do you, do you have any thoughts on this before we move on to our division preview about these running backs, just maybe not getting paid as much as they would like? Yeah. So a a lot of people are up in arms about this and, and here's my, this has always been my take on, on anything with, with any, any position like this in sports. I get it. I understand where they're coming from. I totally do. It's it's frustrating. Twenty years ago, running back, you were the star of the team. But like, let's just be honest. That's just not the way football is being played right now. And like, I forget who it was. It was it was somebody in the NFL, maybe Debo Samuel, something like that. They were saying that they were making an argument for, okay, if this is the future of the NFL, if the, if the running back position is not nearly as valuable, then it is your job to do everything you can to make yourself as valuable as possible to your front office. Make you have to market yourself. And I, again, I don't remember if it was Debo or someone else, but they use Christian McCaffrey as an example. They're like, look, he's making a lot of money because he can do so much more than just run the football. So if you want to make big time money, and these teams are pretty much just without saying it, they're saying it, running backs aren't as important anymore. We can easily, like, why would we sign a running back to a second contract when we can draft a running back in the second round, third round, fourth round, pay them a lot less money and have similar production? Maybe not the same production, but similar pr- production. Or you, you take three super cheap running backs and that can roughly equal the same production as one very expensive running back. So you got to find a way to, 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 to market yourself and to, to make yourself valuable to your team and to your front office. Um, and again, I get it. I, it's frustrating. People like Josh Jacobs and like Saquon and Saquon ultimately did get a deal. He's making whatever it is, 10, $11 million. But um, it, it's just the way it is. It, it's part of the sport. Things change. Maybe in 20 years, we'll go back to the running back being a very valuable position. But in the year 2023, Running back is not a super valuable position because throwing the ball, at least the numbers will say that throwing the ball is, is a, gives you a better chance of winning when you throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. Um, so you got to find ways to implement yourself into the pass game if you want to be a, a well-paid running back in today's NFL. So I get it. I get the frustration. But it's, I mean, it's just the reality of what it is. that Their position is not in demand right now, so they're not going to get paid the way that they want to get paid. Um, so it is what it is. I'll, I'll say this. I mean, running back is a tough position, and I understand, again, I keep saying this, but I really do understand where they're coming from because the average time that a running back spends in the NFL is like a year or two years because you get banged up so much, so many of them don't last very long. So they want their money because they know that they can't be around forever. Quarterbacks, an elite quarterback has the luxury of being in the NFL for 15 years if they want. Running backs do not have that luxury. So they want their money and they want to capitalize on the on the opportunity that they have right now. But it's just the reality of what it is. It's not a super valuable position and the front offices realize that and the way that they're paying them reflects that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything to add. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, so with that, let's move on to kind of the final segment. Uh, we've been doing division previews every single week. We're previewing an NFL division until we get to the start of the regular season. And today we decided to go with the AFC West. Um, if not the best division in football, definitely one of the best divisions in football. Um, I think last year we came into it like the AFC West is amazing. It's by far the best division. (laughs) And then it kind of disappointed the Broncos and the Raiders in particular didn't hold up their end of the bargain. They were both pretty disappointing teams. Um, But we're going to preview it again. And I think, you know, I I think we just got to start off with the Super Bowl champions. I think we got to start with the Chiefs here. Um, The Kansas City Chiefs last year finished 14 and three. 
um, obviously on their run to a Super Bowl. And I thought the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl. I, I really did. I thought the Eagles were the overall more talented team. I thought when you look at their offense, their defense, I thought they had too much talent um, for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs still found a way to overcome it, um, in part because of Patrick Mahomes' greatness, in part because of Andy Reid's uh, coaching ability. And at this point with the Chiefs, I, I just don't see any world where they shouldn't be not only the favorite to win their division, but the favorite to win the Super Bowl. I, I just think by default, they kind of have to be after what we witnessed last season. Um, because, you know, they they lost Tyreek Hill, and it seemed like their offense on paper got worse. And yet, it, it still worked out um, because, number one, they have the best quarterback in football, Patrick Holmes. They still have Travis Kelsey, the best tight end. And they, they have the best coach, I would say, probably in Andy Reid. Yeah. So when you have yep. those two things, when you have like a great, uh, you know, receive, I mean, Travis Kelsey is kind of just a receiver. So receiver, tight end, whatever you want to call him. When you have like a, a receiving threat like that, a great quarterback and a coach, it's kind of those three things in conjunction. It's, it's pretty hard to stop. I mean, and on top of that, their offensive line improved last year and they had one of the best offensive lines in football. So it, it's just, it's just a tough thing to beat their defense. I guess is obviously the one thing you can look at and you could say, well, they can get better on defense. Maybe you could point to their running back, say they can improve in the running game a little bit. Um, but the Chiefs found a way to win that Super Bowl and the way they were built and, and the way they were able to still win the Super Bowl, it's just like they kind of got to be the favorite, uh, I would say, coming into this season. Now I'm looking here, I'm looking at Warren Sharp's preview. It's a very detailed preview. It has them forecasted as their over-under wins to be 11 and a half. Um, I would take the over on that. I just think the Chiefs, again, the last four seasons, they've won at least 12 games. So why won't they win 12 games again? Um, looking at kind of the key free agents, the trades, the players they've added, uh, they got Jawan Taylor as a right tackle, um, who's going to kind of replace um, Andrew Wiley, who is now in the Commanders. They also got Donovan Smith from the Bucks. He'll kind of be the replacement to Orlando Brown, who is now in the Bengals. And then there's a number of other, you know, guys they got as well. But those are just a couple of the most important ones. Um, but Ben, I mean, I obviously think the Chiefs are the best team in the division. I think they should be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. What, what do you think about the Chiefs? Do you, do you have any, is there any hesitation you have or maybe anything that happened in the offseason that you, that you don't like that they did? Or is it just like, it's the Chiefs. Uh, they're going to be hard to beat. They're just once again. It's. I mean, they're not going anywhere. It's the Chiefs. I, I'm seriously like I'm. I'm going to give it, and Trevor. I don't want. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. I, I mean, no disrespect, but I'm giving them the Patriots treatment. Where like because they have the best quarterback in the NFL, because they have the best coach in the NFL, they have the best tight end in the NFL. Sound familiar, Trevor? That was the Patriots like six years ago. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm. It, I will, I will never say that they're not the best team until they, until someone else proves me otherwise. And there's plenty of other good teams. Don't get me wrong. And the Chiefs will lose games. It's not like they're invincible. But I mean, the, the Chiefs for the last five years or so, they've been the the best team in the NFL. They've been the most talented team in the NFL. And until they prove me wrong, until I have some legitimate reason to not think that they can win the world or they can, uh, they can win the Super Bowl, I, I'm gonna continue to expect them to at least be able to have a chance to, to win a Super Bowl. So it's annoying. I don't like the Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs. They're 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 a, a pain in my butt all the time. But they're really good. They have a lot of talent. And let's not forget like this time last year, the big story was, oh, they lost Tyreek Hill. 
Um, the AFC West is super competitive. It's going to be a, the Chiefs. This is the hardest test the Chiefs are ever going to have. And what do they do? They go on and they win, like, if not every game in their division. I, I think they might have went undefeated in their division, but they, they obviously dominated their division. So I, I would be utterly shocked if they don't win this division. Again, it's not a bad division. It's not, it's not as good as I think we expected it to be like this time last year, but it's still a good division. And honestly, it'll probably be better this year than last year just because of some other teams. But um, it, it, the Chiefs are still the best team in the division because they have Patrick Mahomes and, and Patrick Kelsey, or, uh, and um, Travis Kelsey, and they have Andy Reid, obviously. So I, I'm going to continue to say that the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL until someone else proves me otherwise. And I don't think anybody um, this year, especially not in the last couple of years, have, have been able to, to prove me otherwise. So we'll see. Again, I hate it. I don't want the Chiefs to make the Super Bowl, but um, if I had to put money on a team doing it, I, I, obviously they are one of the, the two or three teams that I think I would have the most confidence in doing that. So 11.5, Trevor, I agree with you. I think that's low. Because like, like you said, they, they consistently win 12 to 13 games a year. I would fully expect them to win at least 12 games this year. I just can't see them losing six regular season games. I just can't see it happening. So I would fully expect them to, to win 12 games, and honestly, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Yeah, and I and I think the other thing with the Chiefs last season is that because they lost Terry Kill, like people were expecting their offense would be less explosive, and I think it might have been more explosive than it was the season before in the regular season. Um, so it it, it did yeah. really well. Um, I guess one of the things that you could point against to be a case against the Chiefs is that they have it looks like here the fifth uh, toughest schedule. So you know they do play games. Obviously they won the division, so they play the divisional winners. They have to play the Eagles. They have to play the Bills. They have to play the Bengals. But all three of those games are actually at home, as I'm looking here. All three of them are. Oh, home. crazy! Look at that! Isn't that um, wild? <laughs> yeah, all That's three so of those annoying. games are so at bad. home. I'm Trevor. I'm triggered now. I just got triggered for no reason. I had no idea that was the case, and that bothers me a lot. Yeah, so that is the case, and I don't know how that was manufactured there, but uh, that is the case. They obviously Chargers are in their division, so if they play, they have to play them twice. They have to play the Dolphins. Um, yeah, I mean the Lions. Uh, they do have to go to Jacksonville. Jacksonville's obviously a tough team. They have to go to. Um, they have to play the New York Jets away. Um, so yeah, I mean they have some tough games for sure. But again, like because they've been so consistent at winning 12 games, I, there's no real reason for me not to expect them to win at least 12 again this season. I would probably say, yeah, 12 or 13. Uh, probably 13 would be my guess, um, but right around there. Um, and, you know, their defense, their defense, I think, in large part is pretty similar. Um, they got a new defensive end. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this guy's last name. Um, but overall, the team is relatively similar. So I think they'll be probably just as good again next year. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how not only teams in their division try to combat what the Chiefs do and try to figure out answers to slowing them down, slowing the offense down, but other teams in the NFL in general, the AFC, teams that are going to be contenders. It's going to be very interesting. I'm trying to think of any other reason to doubt the Chiefs here. Do you, do you have anything, Ben? I'm, I'm, I'm over here no, like really scraping for something. There's no reason because this time last year we had a reason. Oh, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, and they completely made us all look stupid with the fact that we had any doubts in them. So, no, I don't think there's any reason to doubt the Chiefs, especially in this division. They are the best team in the division. They will win the division. They will probably be a top two seed in the AFC playoffs uh, this year. So, no, I, I again, I, I don't want to come off like like I'm I'm this pro Chiefs guy, but I'm just being honest. The the on, the numbers in the on paper would say that. They are going to be a top three or four team in the NFL this year. 
Yeah, I, I think the only other thing that's kind of an obvious thing and kind of goes without being said, goes without being said. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But injuries. And I mean, injuries are always a, a big yeah, factor in, in the season, in the playoffs. Um, injuries could obviously be a potential downfall to Chiefs. Um, it seems like they also have a pretty bad um like rest advantage in, in terms of their schedule um but that's a little minor but yeah that's the chiefs um is I that think, a thing that's measured yeah it's measured so something that's measured and warren yeah and warren sharp's uh preview he measures like the rest edge and the chiefs apparently have one of the worsts uh like it's yeah it's what, a, what does that entail thing. like 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 sunday like you're playing certain times on Sunday, so you have three hours less of rest than your opponent the next week. Like, yeah. So, like, if a travel, does, yeah. does travel have to play with it? So, I, I think okay. it's travel. I think it's like the amount of days off between games and stuff like that. I'm gonna have to read okay. more about it, but I think that's kind of what it entails. Um, right. Next up here, we have the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, the Chargers are interesting because coming in the last season, I was very high on the Chargers. I think in my power rankings, I put them like second just because I was looking at their talent, and I was like, this team on paper is I incredible. They are a super team. How how are they? They they have to be in contention. Um, but the concern with the Chargers, despite the fact that, yeah, they have Justin Herbert, they have high-powered offense, Keenan Allen, you know, they have this much-improved defense. You know, they go out and they get all these guys, J.C. Jackson, Kyle Van Noy, Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James. Um, they, have, they have this great defense. They're going to be really improved. And a lot of people were saying they, you know, beat out the Chiefs for the division. I think I also said that I was wrong, obviously. But the thing with the Chargers is their coaching has, you know, been pretty bad. Brandon Staley now with two years of head coaching experience under his belt with the Chargers has not really done that well. They ended last season with a just kind of blowing a giant lead they had against the Jaguars in that wild card game. Um, and that's how they went out that last season. They finished 10 and 7 in the regular season. Um, and the Chargers come back with, um, I mean, they, they definitely lost some of the guys. Like, they lost Kyle Van Noy. They lost a couple other guys from their defense. Um, but overall, I think a lot of the team is relatively similar. Their offense certainly um, is pretty similar. Still, Austin Eckler's back. Keen Allen's back. Mike Williams. Obviously, Herbert. Their offensive line, I think, is entirely the same, it, it seems like. Pretty much. Um, so the Chargers are a relatively similar team. And once again, I think it's going to be the same question. Um, in in the close games, in the playoffs, uh, how's the coaching going to be? How is um, Brandon Staley going to be able to manage these games uh, when it matters most for the Chargers? And I, I would like to add also, I, I think Justin Herbert, I, I think people... I mean, Justin Herbert is is a beloved figure, I think, um, in like like football nerd circles, people who analyze the yes. game, who are football nerds. Um, I think they are enchanted by Justin Herbert. And I would like to say that I there were a couple plays, I think, in that playoff game. I think he threw a bad interception in the critical moment. I think he's had a couple moments here and there where he hasn't been as great. So just a little pushback to that. Uh, the Justin Herbert love, but overall, it, I agree. The main issue is coaching with the Chargers, so I'm interested to see how they kind of figure that out. If Brandon Staley, you know, gets better this season, if he does a better job, because he might be on the hot seat. He he might be. I mean, with a team this talented, 
you you have to win. If I was a Chargers fan and I had the talent this team has, I'm like, I would be impatient. I, I would want to win now this season. So that's going to be interesting to see. But uh, Ben, what, what do you think about the Chargers outlook this season? It's crazy because, I mean, like you said, Trevor, like this time last year, they were they were such like a really cool and trendy team to pick. Like, oh, they have all these weapons. They have a stud at quarterback. Um, a lot of people were, were like you, Trevor. Where they they said the Chargers are a top five team in the NFL, and they had a lot of injuries the last couple of years, which obviously does not help. But I don't know what happened. It just and and I think a part of it is the fact that we've given the Chargers all this hype the last couple of years, and at the end of the day, they still get they still can't beat the Chiefs to save their life. So I think I, we're just kind of we're kind of giving up on the Chargers in terms of that's cool they're talented, but they're still not going to beat the Chiefs. So I think that plays a part in kind of our fatigue for the Chargers. But like you said, I mean, they have a really good quarterback. Obviously, they have a quarterback that's now has the, uh, the highest court, or highest contract in NFL history as of right now. Um, and it, it 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 comes down to coaching, like you said, Trevor. And that's that's been the question for a couple years now, or, or whatever it is, two three years into this Brandon Staley experiment. And when he first came on the scene, he was he was new, he was trendy, he's the future of coaching. It's all analytics. He likes to go for it, even if he's on like his own ten yard line, because the numbers would say that it's still worth it. And he doesn't like to kick extra points because going for two is more valuable, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But I think a lot of people are, are getting impatient with his kind of his, his unconventional um, philosophies here. So we'll see. I, again, I, they have a lot of talent, but because they got to play the Chiefs twice a year, it, it's hard to, to uh, accomplish what they want to accomplish just because of the Chiefs being in their way. So we'll see. They could maybe beat the Chiefs once this year, but I don't think the Chargers are going to win their division again just because we already talked about the Chiefs and how talented they are. Justin Herbert is really good. I'll, I'll say this, Trevor. You're right. He gets a lot of hype from a lot of people that I don't want to say don't know what they're talking about, but he gets a lot of hype from people for dumb things. And here's what I mean by that. And I like Justin Herbert. I, I, naturally, I have to hate him he, I, because he was in the same draft, draft class as Joe Burrow, so he's always going to be compared to Joe Burrow. So I have to hate him, Trevor. I have to. It's not my fault. It's, I, didn't, I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. Um, but Chargers fans get so mad, like on Twitter, Trevor, if you ever see, because People always like to call Justin Herbert a social media quarterback, and Chargers fans are like, well, what does that even mean? I'll tell you what it means. It means Justin Herbert's good, but the amount of hype that he gets because he has a cool highlight once a game or because somebody will slow it down and say his mechanics are beautiful and the way he can control the pocket and run out of the pocket are, are great, and I get it. But at the end of the day, his numbers don't support the amount of hype that he's getting based on his quote-unquote mechanics and how people say if you could build a quarterback in a lab, it would look like Justin Herbert. He's good, but his numbers haven't backed up the fact that people want to say he's a top-five quarterback, and I mean, his numbers would say he's not. So he's good, and he's obviously making a lot of money. I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback by any means. I think he's fun to watch, but I, I can see, Trevor, I'm glad you made that point that people are always super high on him for, for reasons that really he hasn't backed up, so... We'll see. I don't know. Again, it's a, it's a tough division. They're a good team, but I'm I'm losing faith in in the Chargers because it's been a couple of years now where we have to say where we say the Chargers are so talented they can make a run at this division and they haven't done it yet and they really haven't even been that close to challenging the Chiefs yet. Yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but they fell apart in the playoffs. Um, so I I don't have a lot of faith in the Chargers winning this division. Trevor, you might have already said it. Maybe I wasn't listening. I apologize if you did. But what's their over under for this year? Based on that book you have, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I did. Just curious. Uh, the over under okay, I'm seeing it? right here is nine and a half. So what, what do you think? Where okay. would you go on that? Uh, I'm gonna take the under. I think they win nine games. I can. I think they go nine and eight. Okay. Um, I don't know what they went last year. Ten seven. Um. Okay. Ah oh, man. See that? I think this is a good number because I can see them winning ten games. I'll say nine and eight because I do think that 
and we'll get to the Broncos. But I think the Broncos are better, so that's a tough game. I, I think they they lose eight games. So I'll say I'll take the under. I think they go nine and eight. Okay, sounds good. I'll I'll take the overall play the other side. I think they'll go ten and seven again. That would be my instinct. Um, I I do think okay. they'll be the second best team in the division again. Another thing that it's a little bit more minor, but I think this might help their offense a little bit. Uh, Kellen Moore is their new offensive coordinator. He's replacing Joe Lombardi. Um, okay. Kellen, like Kellen Moore, Moore. Brandon does not like Kellen. Yeah, Moore. Brand, Brandon. Brandon hates him. At one point, I loved Kellen Moore, and then I did come back down to earth a little bit because he then he had a yeah. couple bad games. I still think Kellen Moore overall is a good offensive coordinator. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not calling for him to be a head coach. Like I, I think at one point yeah. maybe was. Yeah. Um, but as an offensive coordinator, I think he's really good. Um, just looking at the numbers, last season Herbert averaged six point forty two air yards per attempt. Uh, Dak Prescott averaged eight point eighteen. Um, and more. I think I think it will also help the red zone because the Cowboys had the top ranked red zone offense last season. Um, so I, I think he'll help as an offense coordinator. I think that will be. Um, I think that's the thing to get excited about if you're a Charger fan is having Kellen Moore. Um, so yeah. That's the Chargers. Um, next up, I think here I'm just going to go with the team that finished third last year. Um, that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, the Raiders last year, they finished 6-11, uh, third in the division. Um, and they have some changes, you know. Obviously, Josh McDaniels, he returns his second year as the head coach. Uh, obviously, former longtime Patriots offensive coordinator. Now he's with uh, the Raiders, and this is interesting because they lose Derek Carr, he goes to the Saints, and they're getting Jimmy Garoppolo, who Josh McDaniels has obviously spent some time with. Jimmy Garoppolo, Mm -hmm. you know, he's coming over, playing with the Raiders. Um, Looking at some of the other key changes with the Raiders, they lose Darren Waller. So obviously he was their biggest playmaker, you could argue, last season, Um, and he's been a huge part of what the Raiders do on offense. That's a big loss for the Raiders. Um, And I mean, I mean, I don't think this is really a, a good replacement for Darren Waller, but they got Austin Hooper. I mean, he's fine. He's not terrible, but he's definitely not Darren Waller, that's for sure. Um, and then at receiver, they got Jacoby Myers. He's fine. Um, but they didn't really do something to kind of replace Darren Waller there. I mean, they didn't get someone who's in the, in the the on the same level as him, at least. So that's kind of a hit to their offense. I think if you're comparing Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, like, I don't know, like, I guess I'd probably take Derek Carr, but it's kind of like they're both like in the in that average. They're both kind of average, I would say. I'd probably lean Carr over yeah. Garoppolo just because of I think the track record's a little bit better uh, with Carr, but they're both relatively average. So I, I think the Raiders, you know, they were six and eleven. It was Josh McDaniel's first year. Um, you know, they were up and down. It kind of feels like they got a little bit worse on their offense. Um, on defense, I'm looking at it. They, I mean, they have some new. They have a new defensive end. Uh, they've a, well, they have a rookie that they drafted, um, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech with the seventh pick. So I would imagine that's going to be someone who's going to contribute right away for them. But overall, I'm looking at this Raiders team. They're over under forecast this year a seven and a half. I, I don't see it. I don't know why it's that high. I think this team is actually the worst team in the division. We'll talk about the Broncos um, here shortly. But I think this team's probably going to be the worst team in the division this year. I don't see seven, uh, seven and a half at all. I think that's a really high number. They only they won six games last year. I think, if anything, maybe they'll get to six, but they might even be worse than that. Uh, but what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I'm taking the under. I just They're not good. They're not a good team. Josh McDaniels has has not proven that he is a, a good NFL coach yet. I guess he hasn't he hasn't had a lot of seasons under his belt as a head coach, but 
He has yet to, I, I, th- I don't even know if he's gone 500 as an NFL head coach uh, in his whatever it is, three or four years as a head coach, but they're just not that good. And, and again, you could say like Carr out, Garoppolo in. It's definitely not an upgrade. I agree with you, Trevor. It's definitely not an upgrade, but is it a huge downgrade? No, it's kind of a wash. Derek Carr is definitely better, but I don't think Garoppolo is much worse. So that's kind of a wash. I don't think that's a huge deal. Um, and they just don't have, I mean, uh, compared to other teams in their division, they just, they're lacking in a lot of positions. They have Max Crosby, who's an elite edge rusher, but other than that, I'm not super impressed with their defense and their offense doesn't have a lot of weapons, um, I guess outside of Devonte Adams. So we'll see. I, I don't have a lot of faith in, in, in the, uh, in the Raiders. I, I, again, I, I think they're just not good. They're just not a good team. I would take the under for sure. I think they, I could see them winning five games this year. I really could. Yeah. The Raiders, it's rough. I mean, I'm looking here. Their their front seven on their defense is ranked 29th. Um, their secondary is ranked yeah. 30th, and uh, this is ranking Josh McDaniels is the 27th best head coach. So, for whatever that's worth, yeah. I mean they've you know they have good running back. They have Josh Jacobs. They have good receivers. Sure, their offensive line's fine. It's like average. Um, their quarterback's probably average, maybe even slightly below average. So I, I think that equates to a below average team. <laughs> Um, I guess you could say yeah. so. Yeah, that's kind of the Raiders. I think they're going to have a pretty bad season playing in a you know a, a tough division. Um, finally, we have the Denver Broncos. This was the team that uh, Ben very early on was you know saying they would be a bad team um, when they were projected to be really good last year. <laughs> ben was leading the yeah. charge for no. The Denver Broncos are pretenders. Basically, they are not. <laughs> They're not going to do it. And Ben was right. They were 5-12 and 12 last year. They were very disappointing. Russell Wilson was not very good. Their offensive play calling was terrible. Their coaching in general was abysmal um, last season. They probably were the worst coach team in the NFL last year. Um, and now they do have some changes. Um, Sean Payton is coming over um, from, obviously, longtime coach of the Saints. He's coming over to coach the Denver Broncos. Um, in general, they're, they're coaching... Uh, has changed a lot. Now their offensive coordinator is is Joe Lombardi, former offensive coordinator with the Chargers. Uh, Vance Joseph, the former Cardinals defensive coordinator, is now coming over to the Broncos to be a defensive coordinator. Um, So their coaching has changed a lot. As far as the roster, the offense looks somewhat similar. I mean, still Russell Wilson. Um, You got Williams in the backfield. Jerry Judy still there. Cortland Sutton still there. Um... So I don't know. I, I think based on how bad the Broncos were last year, they were five and twelve. Their coaching was abysmal. I I kind of feel like this is a case of well, they can't be worse, right? They can't be worse, and, and that's kind of how I feel. I feel like the Broncos are at least can be a little bit better. That's not to say that they're going to make the playoffs necessarily, because um, they still want to play in a tough division. Got to play the Chiefs twice. Got to play the Chargers twice. Um, they still got to play the uh the entire. AFC East, so they got to play the Bills, got to play Jets, Dolphins, Patriots. So it's a pretty tough schedule, I would say, overall for the Broncos. And I think it's going to be a tough to win enough games to get in the playoffs. But their defense is, it's it's all right. I think it's I think it's decent enough. Um, I think I came into last season thinking it was going to be a really good defense. It did disappoint, but nevertheless, they still have a decent defense. I think their secondary in particular is pretty good. So. I don't know. I, I think I don't want to say Russell Wilson's going to return to elite form or anything. That's that's not going to happen. But I think he'll be better because I don't think he's can be worse really. So yeah. I I think the Broncos looking at their forecast, um, it has eight and a half. That still seems high. I wouldn't. I it still seems high. I think I'd lean under. But I think eight and nine is reasonable. I think the Broncos could go eight and nine or at least seven and ten. Um, I think they'll be better. Um, but that doesn't mean they'll make the playoffs. Uh, what, what do you think, Ben? 
Yeah, shout out to the Broncos last year. I, I had really no reason to to be a hater for them. I just after their first game against the Seahawks where they were supposed to win and they looked garbage, I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go all in on, on me or me being a Broncos hater. And and they, they made me look really smart last year. because uh, they were not supposed to be nearly as bad as they were last year. So shout out shout out um Russell Wilson for having a garbage year and shout out to uh, Nathaniel Hackett for being a terrible NFL head coach. According to Sean Payton, Sean Payton literally said he's like <laughs> Do you see that Trevor? Sean Payton was like they asked him and he basically had a quote that said like they had the worst coaching in NFL history last yeah. year. It's basically what Sean Sean Payton said. So shout out Nathaniel Hackett, who's back in back with Aaron Rodgers in New York. But um, Sean Payton's great, and they're not going to be worse. They're not going to they're not going to lose twelve games again. There's no way. But I don't know if adding Sean Payton and adding the 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 minuscule amount of talent that they added, they added some some players, but nothing, no blockbuster deals or anything like that. I don't know if that's going to propel them to ten wins this year. I don't know if they got five wins better from last year to this year. So. Um, they'll definitely be better. And Sean Payton's a great coach. And like you said, Trevor, Russell Wilson cannot be any worse than he was. So he'll be better. Is he going to be an elite quarterback again? Probably not. I think his days of being an elite quarterback are done. Um, but he's capable of winning you some games. I mean, he's, he's experienced. He makes the right plays at times. Last year he didn't, but I think with Sean Payton, he will. But I just, I don't have a lot of faith in them. I really don't. I, I think, again, they got to play the Chiefs twice a year. They got to play the Chargers twice a year. And I could see them losing to the Raiders once or twice this year. So. Um, it, it's, it's not going to be easy for the Broncos. I think a lot of people, and again, it's like the trendy thing if for last year, people didn't learn their lesson. A lot of people are thinking that Sean Payton's in town. The Broncos are going to all of a sudden, maybe not win the division, but they'll make a wild card spot. They'll go 10 and seven, something like that. And I just can't see it. I could see them winning maybe eight games, like you said, Trevor, but I do not think the Broncos will be the second best team in this division. I still think the Chargers are better. Um, they're not going to be the worst team. They're better than the Raiders, but I think the Chargers are the definition of a third place. Or the excuse me, the Broncos are the are definition of a third place team in this AFC West division this year. Um, just not not a lot of talent. Their defense is not going to be that great this year. It's been good in years past. I don't think it's going to be great this year. Um, and I think it seems like a lot of people, a lot of experts, quote unquote experts, would agree with me there, where their their defense has has kind of declined over the last couple of years. So we'll see. At the very least, they're intriguing to watch. I said the same thing last year. They're not good, but they were interesting to watch because you never really knew what you were going to get out of them. I would say the same thing this year. It's intriguing. I'm, I'm actually super excited to watch their first couple games just to see how Russell Wilson plays um, because I think Russell Wilson's under a lot of pressure after last year, and everybody's expecting him to be back this year with, with the new head coach. I, I, I could absolutely see him struggling out of the gate this year because of the high expectations that he has and because of the need that he feels to prove himself after being so abysmal last year. So. We'll see. Again, I, if I had to put a number on it, I, I think they go eight and nine, maybe. I think the Chargers will go nine and eight. I can see the Broncos going eight and nine, maybe seven and ten, but they're not. I don't think they're going to win more than eight games this year. Yeah, I think. I mean, just like obviously, Sean Payton's a very highly regarded coach, and by by me as well. Like Sean Payton was incredible, even like like He's great. two yeah. two three years ago, like Drew Brees' final season of his career. I mean, the the fact that a couple of those years. The Saints were still such a good team. They were in the playoffs. I mean, they were still a contender. Even like Drew Brees' like last couple of years when he wasn't quite as good, he was struggling throwing the deep ball. The Saints were still one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, so yeah. Sean Payton's a really good coach. He had the year off, so I don't know. I don't know. Would will that affect being a year away being away from the game for a year? Will that mean that he's gonna be uh, a slightly worse, like a worse head coach? I don't know, but I, I believe in Sean Payton in gen- generally speaking because he hasn't shown me otherwise. Like he's he's always been a good coach. So 
we will see what happens um, with the Broncos. Uh, ben, do you have any any other thoughts on the Broncos? Any other uh, thing to point out? Maybe a, a key signing? I don't know. Anything else in the Broncos? <laughs> well, I mean, they did sign Samaje Piron from the Bengals. Just shout out Samaje Piron. He's not a number. He's not like a, a number one running back on a team, but he's a solid. Like, yeah. he's really good passing down third and long put him back there he can block he can go off for a screen so it's not a bad signing for him but I mean they're just I, I again I don't think they're not bad but they're not anything special I don't think there's anything to really love about the Broncos other than Sean Payton and if if the the best thing that your team has going for you is you have a, a new head coach I don't have a lot of faith in the talent that you have on the field because a head coach is great and Sean Payton's awesome and you're right as of even a couple years ago Sean Payton was absolutely a Super Bowl contender with the Saints but I don't think that a coach, as someone who cannot actually make any plays, they can do, they can they can do everything they can during the week to prepare you to play, but they cannot make the plays for you on the field. If that's the best thing you have going for you this year, I just don't have a lot of faith that you're going to be able to get it done when it matters. So, um, not, I'm not I'm not I'm not super excited about the Denver Broncos at all. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, well, I, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, that's kind of our preview. We'll do another division yeah. next week. Brandon will hopefully be back with us next week. Um, but yeah, I think if you don't have anything we'll else, we can kind of clo- wrap it up, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, yeah, another, another division next week. I don't know what we'll do, but there, there, there are, there, I mean, obviously there's still some very good divisions that we need to cover in the next couple of weeks. I mean, Trevor football season is going to be here before we know it. It's really, I mean, it's almost August, but our next episode, it'll be August. Um, and really once August hits, I mean, it's full steam ahead. And by the time, obviously you get to September, you got college football going and then the NFL early in September. So. Football season is not far away. I'm super excited. We'll have another division next week. Um, of course, as always, thank you all so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller. Make sure you check out thesmallballers.com for all of our latest info. Um, make sure you're keeping up with the Twelfth Row podcast with Josh. I'm sure Josh is killing it with that podcast. I'll be honest with you. He could talk about. He could make up stuff about soccer, and I'd believe him because he knows way more than I do. Uh, make sure you're checking out the Cinemaniacs with with Brandon and Aaron. Uh, Trevor, big brother coming very, very soon. Yes. Um, I mean, I mean, it's, it's August in like two days. I mean, we're, we got two days left in July. So big brother right around the corner, which means five seconds of fame podcasts with me, you, um, and Brandon and obviously Josh, like we said last week, Josh having a team this year will be very interesting. So that is right around the corner as well. So we got a lot going on in the small ballers universe right now. Um, some, some really cool things going on. So make sure you're keeping up to date with all those things. Obviously make sure you're subscribed. Um, on at wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, whatever, I don't know, the, the seven other places that you can get them, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. Um, but I'll stop talking. So again, thank you all so much for listening, um, and we will see you next time. Go Falcons.